It's time to put principles ahead of politics. This is Sages of the Sun, brought to you by The New York Sun. I'm Caroline Beek, a co-founder and editor of The Sun, and I'm joined by Seth Lipsky, our legendary editor-in-chief. We're here to take you behind the headlines, unblinkered, principled, and straight. Let's get started. Today we're sitting down here. We have Anthony Grant, one of our star reporters based in Athens here, and he has a whole bunch of fascinating stories and and topics that he's been covering closely. So Anthony, you sent me a lot of thoughts yesterday. We'd love to just get started and have you open with the stories that you've uh, you've been covering. Well, there are a lot of things, a lot of things going on that we could start on a heavy note, like the possibility of World War III, or a lighter note, like President Macron of France getting pelted with cherry tomatoes in the marketplace. Oh, they were cherry tomatoes, not full tomatoes? <laughs> they were apparently just cherry tomatoes. I've been, I've been sourcing this with some of the French media. How do you say cherry tomato in French? Uh, the uh, uh, tomate cerise. Yeah, got it. Yeah, voila. Uh, the, the British uh, papers made it sound like it was like these big hulking tomatoes, right? But the French were very uh, more specific as to the, the nature of the vegetable or fruit in question. <laughs> Why are the French so down on the man they just elected president? I find well, it amazing. It's, it's very interesting that sh- the, the, the place where the, the incident happened, uh, it was in the French, uh, a Parisian suburb called Sergi Pontoise which um, is part of what the uh, Parisians somewhat haughtily would, or I should say not haughtily, but derisively call les banlieues, which is sort of the not so beautiful areas outside of Paris, working class. This particular uh, suburb, they voted strongly uh, for the uh, the far left candidate, uh, Jean-Luc Mélenchon in the first round, the elections on April 10th. So he was going into kind of hostile territory. And I, I, I would say that he probably was trying to show that uh, to follow up on his pledge to be le président pour tous, the president for everyone, even those can't, uh, people who didn't vote for him. I think he wanted to show that he's with all the French, regardless of political stripe. But the French, you know, when they have a certain opinion of someone, they're not shy about expressing it. Hence, the tomatoes were thrown. And, uh, you know, it, it was there, there's both a, there's like a, a comic aspect to it and kind of a, a, a sad one. I mean, it's, it's sad that that would happen, you know, to the guy who just, you know, won uh, the, the, another term in office. Uh, and that's going to be certified, I think, or already has by the, the French electoral authorities. But um, it's just a little bit, I don't know, a little bit, uh, there's a certain a tree status to it, a little, a little, a little bit sad that that's uh, the reception that he would get, you know, so soon after that victory. Uh, and, you know, uh, what that means for his uh, posture ahead of the, uh, the fact he has to choose a prime minister in the coming days. So uh, he has uh, got that to think about. Uh, and the legislative elections are coming up in June. And, um, you know, he needs to do his best to try to get a lock uh, on the, uh, the French uh, uh, the parliament. Uh, and if not, uh, he could be looking at a period of um, of legislative gridlock. Actually, you know, in the in the months after June. So the thing is, he doesn't have the uh, the France is deeply divided, and, and the, the the tomato throwing kind of underscores the fact that he's sort of tolerated. He's not particularly well liked. 
Maybe he comes off as a bit arrogant to some, and he's going to have problems, I think. I hear a lot about this, you know, that he's seen as arrogant. Where, where does that come from? The fact that he's French <laughs> could be, you know, I mean, let's just Why say- Why do the other French care? They're all arrogant. That's, that's the funny thing, because when I see the, the reports that, um, you know, he's perceived as arrogant and some of, uh, but I mean, let's face it, um, you know, the French as don't have a, as a nation, the reputation of being the humblest of people, which is okay. I mean, that's part of their charm, right? But he actually, I think that part of that arrogance is, you know, I think that one of his role models is Napoleon, who of course uh, was the ultimate uh, uh, French, how shall I say, uh, you know, military strategic icon, you know, since, uh, you know, Louis the 14th, of course, the king. But I think he sees himself as some kind of at the vanguard of a new European sensibility of which France, uh, he believes, should be the motor of that, along ostensibly with Germany. And he's a young guy. I think he's 44 years old, if I'm not mistaken. So th this, is a, this is a very young guy. He's got, he's got a lot of uh, um, you know, hubris that just comes from being, I think, that age and, and, and a, gal a, a Gallic male. And uh, he's smart, he's sharp, and maybe, you know, uh, it's impossible to carry all that off without a certain kind of arrogance. And, but for like the French working class, the kinds of people that live in Sergi Pontoise, that would be kind of off-putting to them, I think. You know, they're, they're looking for someone who cannot just talk the talk, but walk the walk and bring down the cost of living, address inflation and maybe not be on the phone with Putin so often and focus more on the problems of average working class Parisians. And, uh, you know, uh, France is a, is a beautiful country and it's an expensive country too. And now with all the energy crises that are rippling because of what's happening in Ukraine, I'm sure the cost of living is gonna be going up and up as it is in Greece and other European countries right now. Uh, we'll be interesting to see uh, if he raises his media profile ahead of, the June legislative elections, or if he tries to keep it low key after the, the tomato incident, you know, who he, there's a rumor that he is gonna be selecting a female uh, prime minister, and that probably will stand him in better stead in terms of public opinion. No word officially on who that might be, but it, it would stand to reason that he might try to go for, you know, to, to sort of break his image as being kind of cold and aloof to choose, uh, uh, a member is of it, the opposition. As I understand it, if if he doesn't get a majority of parliament, then he has to pick from the opposition, right? Or he has to. Uh, the mechanics of that, uh, you may be right. What what it, it could lead to what's called the cohabitation, or uh, uh, the, the 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 sort of having an opposition party candidate who's uh, who could be the prime minister. Actually, that would that would cause cause like a deadlock, which happened in the past with. Uh, it was a Chirac and uh, I want to say it was a Mitterrand. Mitterrand, right, right, right. Which, which, again, from you know, as far as how, what that what that would involve for France is is one thing, but but the impact that it could have on European politics is is the more interesting thing, I think, in the long term, because as this war in Ukraine drags on and the European response is becoming rather you know, disjointed, I would say, compared to the American and British response, uh, you know, how much is, is someone like Macron going to be hobbled or enabled by the state of domestic politics in France? There's a lot of things that are kind of percolating, and Russia is a big part of that. 
What do you make of the fact that some of the Mélenchon socialist voters turned around and voted for in the second round for Madame Le Pen, the rightist figure? It's possible that uh, they were just sort of turned off by Macron and uh, and and have seen uh, Le Pen as being a uh, maybe less of a far right candidate than a, a right uh, uh, or more moving towards the center right. Um, that could be one explanation, you know, like a kind of a protest vote, even realizing that she probably wouldn't have clinched it with their support because of uh, uh, how she was tracking in the polls, her performance in the debates, which for the, uh, the debates, which was seen as lackluster. Um, it's just, I, I think it just underscores how, how things in France are, are, are in a state of flux and you have, as often has been the case in French history, a lot of generational currents and cr at, at cross currents. Uh, Marine Le Pen, you know, her anti-immigrant stance and, and uh, so forth being, you know, perhaps part of her party's DNA, but also uh, sort of going for the traditional French values um, aspect of, uh, her approach to politics, whereas Macron see, does see himself as sort of the European, I would say, I mentioned Napoleon before, but he also sees himself as at the vanguard of this European sensibility, which a lot of traditional French people are not always that sold on. You know, there's a lot of French people that probably would still prefer to use the French franc and not the euro. And they see that, uh, you know, Brexit uh, seems to have gone has, has not really done anything to, uh, to, to hurt uh, Britain's economic standing. Maybe it's even enhanced it. So there's a lot of Euroscepticism. Marine Le Pen embodied that Euroscepticism. Yeah, I mean, do you, think, do you think that's growing? Like, is there a chance we see a Frexit or whatever we would call it down um, the line? Is, I, is the, and is the split that's more relevant? Someone mentioned to me the other day that they thought the split that was more relevant was globalist versus nationalists more than right versus left. Do you think, would you agree with that kind of assessment? I, I would tend to agree with that. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, you know, I, it was, um, and, and the Sun, you know, we re reported that the, uh, the uh, Macron's choice of his uh, sort of welcome, not as well, his victory speech in front of the Eiffel Tower was sort of um, symbolic of uh, not just every, it's the French monument that everybody knows, but you know, he didn't go in front of the Arc de Triomphe or he didn't go in front of uh, the, the Palace of Versailles, uh, you know, or not some traditional French building uh, like, like Marine Le Pen did in a pretty chic district of Paris. Um, you know, it's something that everyone, oh, France, the Eiffel Tower, it means, you know, fun vacations, uh, you know, uh, French finesse, French flair, that, that, that image, that, and that's that global uh, sort of uh, patina that he trades on. And yeah, the, I would say that uh, there's, there is, um, you know, Europe, the European Union project is seen by a lot of people as being, you know, bogged down by bureaucracy, uh, policies being determined by bureaucrats, uh, bureaucrats, I should say, in Brussels, and it doesn't sit well with, with um, a good, a good, uh, num a good percentage of the population. I don't know what exact the numbers are, but uh, it's not a universally liked, uh, app, you know, state for international apparatus, for lack of a better way to put it. And um, 
as a demonstration of that, you have, you know, there's a war in Europe, a really nasty one. And what did the EU do uh, to, uh, to avert it? Nothing, really. And, um, and I think there could also be some resentment towards, uh, you know, uh, Macron's uh, overtures to uh, Putin came under scathing fire from uh, the leadership of Poland, perhaps in Hungary, I'm not sure, but definitely from the Poles who are, who are, who have just said that they're going to find alternative sources to uh, the uh, the Russian oil that will no longer be flowing. So it, it's um, there's it's it's not a, a unified picture in Europe right now, and, and Macron is um, you know has those challenges that he's going to have to grapple with. Very interesting. So in terms of the broader war that's happening in in Europe, you had a number of fascinating points from you know, the rhetoric of World War III and separating fact from fiction to the role of the media. Can you share a little bit of that? Yeah, well, I, I, I try to, uh, to, you know, to see also how, how people are, uh, American, Americans uh, uh, in particular are, are looking at the events happening here from American shores, or I, of course, uh, uh, am, am not on those shores right now, but, but of course the, the media picture is international and you do see a lot of, uh, of uh, rhetoric about World War Three, uh, uh, you know how how things could uh, escalate. Uh, uh, I'm seeing headlines in a lot of the British tabloid papers, which are widely read. And there was something I think in the Sun yesterday about uh, Putin uh, threatens um, a nuclear strikes if um, if there's more Western interference in Ukraine. And, and I I and I look at these some of these headlines and. Uh, and up until this very moment, I haven't seen, I've seen a disconnect between some of these um, uh, screaming headlines that are very escalatory and, and the actual quotes that are coming from the Russians, which are certainly nothing, they're not sending you know, warm and fuzzy remarks to, uh, to London and Washington, but the Russians are not stupid. And uh, they, uh, they choose their words carefully as well, but, uh, when those remarks are cherry picked, you know, for the sake of uh, an expedient headline, I think it, it actually it, it's 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 quite inflammatory, and it doesn't actually help the situation. Um, it 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 helps sell newspapers. It helps people tune into uh, to news broadcasts. But I haven't seen the language of of, of those kinds of direct threats uh, coming from the Kremlin. The more responsible thing is to. Uh, uh, is to is to is to take the language that's coming out of the Kremlin and report it exactly, and not what our idea of it is. Thank you for listening to this sample of Sages of the Sun. To listen to the whole episode and access our entire catalog, go to NewYorkSun.com. That's NYSun.com. <laughs>